Broadcasting from the heart of downtown Hollywood, this is SoFloRadio.com. Pity the nation whose people are sheep and whose shepherds mislead them. Pity the nation whose leaders are liars, whose sages are silenced, and whose bigots haunt the airwaves. Pity the nation that raises not its voice except to praise conquerors and acclaim the bully as hero and aims to rule the world with force and by torture. Pity the nation that knows no other language but its own and no other culture but its own. Pity the nation whose breath is money and sleeps the sleep of the too well-fed. Pity the nation. Oh, pity the people who will allow their rights to erode and their freedoms to be washed away. My country, tears of thee, sweet land of liberty. Everybody, welcome to the Groovathon. I am Tony C. And as always, I'm joined live in the studio by the master of production and engineering, the man to make sure that our groove is satin and smooth, a Forge 90 Mixology Laureate, Los Georges. Do you sit there and uh, like write down different uh, ideas? For let me tell you something, okay? Every time I write something like that for the opening, I have to go back and check and see if I've used it. Before or, or something similar to it, and I'm going to tell you something. Every time it turns out that I have not run out of new ways to describe how good you are at what you do here. Aw shucks! How you like that one, huh? And I tell people the only thing I'm good at is roller skating. Yeah, you're better than that. I, I'm super duper grateful, man. You were telling me this is like the one, basically the only show you now actually produce. Yeah, everything else I executive produce. You executive uh, produce. This is the one that you actually. That's produce. where other people do the work, and I get the money. Well, you know what? Of course. That just feeds right in because every Groovathon is built upon an attitude of gratitude. Mucho mahalo to everybody tuning in live and downloading the show here in America and around the world, yo. How you doing, pal of mine? I'm great. It's another beautiful day. It's still not what we call hot in yes. Florida. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you something. It's nice to snow, but it's a little bit easier to get a parking spot. I'm not torturing myself by seeing if I can spot the perfect parking spot, but it's a lot easier to get one. So, you know, that's always nice. Yeah, I mean, it's nice weather out there. You know, I was going over the lineup, and I realized that I had nothing in the lineup about Donald Trump specifically. Nothing at all. Okay, so... Just, None. Nothing new. Well, I'll well, I mean, it's been a while, but well, uh, I mean, here's we the can thing. recap. There is, there's a meme going around right now that's got the two le- the leaders of North Korea and South Korea standing there it's like a cartoon meme and it says mm-hmm. we did this and then it's got trump saying they're going who did this and he takes it and he goes i did this <laughs> yeah okay yeah. let me tell you something i am going to come out on his side on this one he didn't do it but i'm going to say that some of what he did some of his rhetoric sure. and, and craziness absolutely was was a a part of being a part of catalyzing it all right mm-hmm. so 
Yeah, oh, I'll, I'll admit that. Yeah. Also, yeah. how about those trains running on time? <laughs> <laughs> Hitler. <laughs> so, see, not everybody's all bad. You know what? <laughs> all I could think of is gang of four. How come the trains don't run on time? That's, that's the first thing that pops <laughs> into my head. <laughs> I mean, we've been gone for three weeks. We, you know, we're getting into our summer schedule now. Two weeks, three weeks, two weeks, three weeks, whatever. Uh-huh. You know? So, obviously, there is lots and lots of stuff that we have to get to today, including Facebook gets a congressional facial. Right. Well, yeah. Facebook where we're currently echoing and we don't know why. Yeah, we don't know <laughs> don't why. Know. Yo, where's an echo, baby? But you know what? Live with the pain, baby. You know what that is? That means there's just twice as much. That's what it is. Of yeah. the dulcet tones of the show to hear. What Allison Mack and Tony Montana have in common, a North Carolina church squares off with Duke Energy in a case that could change the American energy market forever. Also, it's that time of year again when Bill Maher conjures up a new hypothetical centered around his love of pot, which means it's that time of year again for me to explain why he's still misguided by sour diesel-induced myopia, plus George Carlin bets on the planet but not its inhabitants, Bernie Birnbaum begs, and throughout the show, I'll have personal notes from the Abbey Pub as the greatest city in the world uses financial attrition to try and hijack my old neighborhood. Of course, all of that is going to be engulfed in the finest, most diverse groove anywhere on the air. It is just past 2 o'clock and the only Hollywood that matters anymore. Yeah, Hollywood. Florida, that is. That means it is just past 8 a.m. Hawaii Standard Time. Special shout-out to my man, AB3, who is back in circulation, now out on the island of Oahu, but is most definitely part of the Kau crew. Welcome back, brah. All right, I love it that he's back. Just past 7 o'clock at night, Dublin, Lytham, St. Anne, and the rest of Western Europe. And just past 9 p.m. in Erdoganistan, <laughs> better known as Turkey, where my gal RCG continues to fly the flag of Groove High. Yo, Gramps, you ready? I'm ready. All right, to saddle up, it's the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
self-important so self-important everybody's gonna save something now save the trees save the bees save the whales save those snails <laughs> and the greatest arrogance of all save the planet what are these fucking people kidding me save the planet we don't even know how to take care of ourselves yet we haven't learned how to care for one another we're gonna save the fucking planet I'm getting tired of that shit tired of that shit I'm tired of fucking Earth Day. I'm tired of these self-righteous environmentalists, these white bourgeois liberals who think the only thing wrong with this country is there aren't enough bicycle paths. 
People trying to make the world safe for their Volvos. Besides, environmentalists don't give a shit about the planet. They don't care about the planet. Not in the abstract, they don't. Not in the abstract, they don't. You know what they're interested in? A clean place to live. Their own habitat. They're worried that someday in the future they might be personally inconvenienced. Narrow, unenlightened self-interest doesn't impress me. Besides, there is nothing wrong with the planet. Nothing wrong with the planet. The planet is fine. The people are fucked. <laughs> Difference. Difference. The planet is fine. Compared to the people, the planet is doing great. It's been here four and a half billion years. Do you ever think about the arithmetic? Planet has been here four and a half billion years. We've been here, what, 100,000? Maybe 200,000? And we've only been engaged in heavy industry for a little over 200 years. 200 years versus four and a half billion. And we have the conceit to think that somehow we're a threat? That somehow we're going to put in jeopardy this beautiful little blue-green ball that's just a-floating around the sun? The planet has been through a lot worse than us. Been through all kinds of things worse than us. Been through earthquakes, volcanoes, plate tectonics, continental drift, solar flares, sunspots, magnetic storms, the magnetic reversal of the poles, hundreds of thousands of years of bombardment by comets and asteroids and meteors, worldwide floods, tidal waves, worldwide fires, erosion, cosmic rays, recurring ice ages, and we think some plastic bags and some aluminum cans are going to make a difference? The planet... The planet. The planet isn't going anywhere. We are. We're going away. Pack your shit, folks. We're going away. And we won't leave much of a trace either. Thank God for that. Maybe a little styrofoam. Maybe. Little styrofoam. Planet will be here and we'll be long gone. Just another failed mutation. Just another closed-end biological mistake. An evolutionary cul-de-sac. The planet will shake us off like a bad case of fleas. A surface nuisance. You want to know how the planet's doing? Ask those people at Pompeii who are frozen into position from volcanic ash how the planet's doing. Wonder well, if the planet's all right, ask those people in Mexico City or Armenia or a hundred other places buried under thousands of tons of earthquake rubble if they feel like a threat to the planet this week. <laughs> How about those people in Kilauea, Hawaii who build their homes right next to an active volcano and then wonder why they have lava in the living room?
again and again Better knock you off your feet Cause she is She's just a teaser She'll let you squeeze her She's just a teaser She won't make you stop She won't let you go on Living in, she's a teaser. That's a 45 from 1967. Those cats are out of Abilene, Texas. Before that, love these cats right here, man. Sharon Jones and the Dap Things, Dap Kings. I got a thing on my mind. From Dap Dippin' with Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings came out in 2002. That's actually the uh, the first album that came out on the Dap label. Before that, yeah, our boy George Carlin on uh, global warming. It was interesting because the uh, final thing he says, he's talking about, you know, people who live near Kilauea finding uh, lava in their uh, in their bedrooms. Well, Kilauea right now, um, they have like these pools that have been formed in the lava and every in the, you know, the, the big lava fields out there. And one of them is now over starting to overflow. The lava has risen above the crater floor. Uh, for the first time since 2016, the lake level is just a couple of yards from the crater rim. And they say, because, you know, at this point, was it the uh, NO, the National Ocean Oceanic? NOAA. NOAA, yeah. National Oceanographic and Atmospheric, Atmospheric Association. Okay. So those guys are saying, but there You're is hurricane no, people. Yeah. There is no immediate safety concerns. Okay, see, you know, I was, I thought that was funny, you know, and I talked lavish matter. Yeah, but a while ago, I was talking about, um, you know, the the all of the uh, the earthquakes, the little tremors in Yellowstone. Remember, I was talking about this several months ago. 
Well, here's one. Unusual eruptions at world's largest active geyser in Yellowstone. And basically, it it's the it shoots up further than any one any other one and it shot up three times in like a, a short you know within i don't know a couple of weeks it, it erupted on march 15th and 19th and on friday the last time it erupted three times in a year was 2003 okay the last time it erupted prior to march was more than 3 years ago and they said there's nothing to indicate that any sort of volcanic eru- uh, eruption is imminent now he said at the observatory. So I, I thought that was uh, that played in there very nicely. Uh, let me see what we have before that. Yeah, NWA Appetite for Destruction from Niggas for Life 1991 was our second and final album before that. Yeah, I broke into the B-Boy collection. I had to do it. Catalyst doing Showtime and kicking off the show. Brand new stuff from Stone Temple Pilots. Guilty from the second album that they they've now have they now have two albums both titled Stone Temple Pilots. This is the first one though with the new singer <clears throat> since uh, Scott Weiland uh croaked on a on a drug overdose. This guy's name is Jeff Gutt. And he sounds pretty good. I you know, look, I've always liked Stone Temple Pilots because they just play rock and roll. They're not futzing with anything. They're just writing rock and roll songs. And they're still doing it. And the latest C D is it's about a 50-50 thing. I listened to uh, most of the tracks on it. There were two or three that, that jumped out at me as, as good rock rock tunes. So you definitely want to check that out. So, all right. Well, what caught my eye recently? Well, right off the bat, I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, the parents from Sandy Hook are suing Alex Jones for defamation of character. Well, good. Yeah. And, you know... A few years, I don't know, maybe in the last year or two, I guess he was involved in some sort of lawsuit that, you know, he was through a divorce or with uh, child custody or something, and he had to do a deposition under oath. And somebody sued to get that released through, you know, Freedom of Information Act. Uh-huh. And he said, he's like, look, you know, this is a char- I'm playing a character. That was the line. That was the mm-hmm. line. I'm playing a character. All right? Right. Well, guess what? That character is going to get him sued at the yin-yang. Which I think is, you know, good. Yeah, man, fuck him. Well, you can't. That's not. That's not a. <laughs> you can't like like go on TV and violate the, the 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 laws of good taste or the exceptions to the First Amendment. Like, and, well, and he's say, not on TV. He's I'm on playing, the internet. I'm playing a character, yeah. uh, an irresponsible character. Yeah, right. I, yeah. It's a, so it's not really me being irresponsible. It's the character. Right. It's like I've been, It's not. It's not it's me not slandering me. Not, somebody. It's this ventriloquist dummy. You see, it's it's the act. Hey. Right, that's the whole thing. That's yeah. probably how you know. It wouldn't surprise me if that's exactly the defense that his uh, that his legal Lawyer. team uses. Yeah. yeah, you know, to say that this it's, is it's, art. it's art. They're going to claim it is art. This is shticklock. Nobody takes me serious. Okay, when you bandy about Yiddish terms like shticklock. that, shticklock. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's the one. It's like uh, the guy calls up uh, information, goes, "I need the number for Mister David Alechem." And she Lechem. goes, how do you spell that? He goes, Eliachim. <laughs> um, here's one that I thought was I didn't funny. want to spit on Did the Did you hear that uh, the, the chaplain for the House of Representatives got fired by Paul Ryan? Did you hear about this? Y- yes, he's a bad man. Yeah, okay. Here's I what he said in order to get himself fired. Mm-hmm. As legislation on taxes continues to be debated this week and next, may all members be mindful that the institutions and structures of our great nation guarantee 
the opportunities that have allowed some to achieve great success while others continue to struggle. May their efforts these days guarantee that there are not winners and losers under new tax laws, but benefits balanced and shared by all Americans. Fucking communist. What a fucking... Oh, my God. I know. Seriously. Red Red to the marrow. Unbelievable. Bolshevik. He's a Bolshevik. Nazi, communist. That little collar he's got, I'm telling you right now, it's, it's red. It's red. And you know, you know how Paul Rogers better dead than red. How did he get through their vetting system? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Classic baby. How did how did that priest make it through the vetting system? That's that's great. So uh, the other thing that I was didn't wa- they check his social media? I'm sorry. <laughs> I know check his social media. That's right. What's he got on social media? So I uh, I guess it was last week maybe or the week before that uh, Zuckerberg had to do like a f- two five hour stints one before. Oh, nice eight. segue. Yeah. Nice. You like that? So, one? Yeah, yeah. I, I set you up. We didn't even plan that. I know. We right. had to go in there no and you know and testify before Congress. Okay. And I watched I I watched maybe five minutes of it. Total, and he, he was doing it for like 10 hours. He did five hours one day before the House of Representatives and then five hours the next day before the Senate. And I literally concluded within five minutes that the politicians are looking for somebody to blame other than the voters, okay? What's the difference between Russian troll bots spewing lies on Facebook and super PACs spewing lies on TV ads every election season? Nothing. There's no difference. There is no difference. I guess that Congress feels it's okay to lie to Americans just as long as the lies originated in America and not a foreign country. That's, yes. That's my conclusion. Yes. Mark Zuckerberg. That's correct. You know what? He has a business that we none of us pay to use. Although mm. he was thinking, you know, one of the things I've always thought this would be a good idea, and I guess he's finally considering it, that you could use a version of Facebook that you would pay for on a monthly basis, and it would eliminate, you would be able to literally choose what you see and don't see. Like, you could you could blot out ads, the whole thing. There are social media uh, options. Uh, counterparts that do exactly that and more. There's one called Minds. Minds.com comes with a nice app. All of the privacy options that you want. Mm-hmm. Also, you get compensated if you post something original that gets shared and disseminated. You no get kidding. you get to be paid a portion of what the site. And this makes. is this is it's currently it's on Minds. Yeah, it's the kind of yeah, thing that like, like any- nobody knows about it because Facebook. It's branding. It's like that's the thing. That's where the traffic is. That's why we're streaming on Facebook and not Minds right now because that's what. Everybody's on. You, you know, it's like you know what we're going to we're going to be talking about that. I want you to put together some information for me. We're going to talk about because I think right. that you know options yeah. are what we're all about. Where here. the hippies hang out. We're right. all, we're all about options here. We're, that's yeah. why we are a genre. We are a that's, genre without that's genre. That's right. That so means we uh, can use any bathroom. So I thought. <laughs> so. Um, you know, I I talked in the last couple of shows about what's going on with you know with guns and all that stuff and the kids from. Uh, kids from Parkland or what and you know there was this day where all these kids walked out for a little while protest mm-hmm. guns from schools Kentucky governor children were sexually assaulted and tried drugs because teachers were protesting it's this true. is about the teacher protest now mm-hmm. you got kids protesting and teachers protesting I thought this was funny children were sexually assaulted or ingested uh, poison Friday because teachers were at the Capitol to protest the state budget that's what Kentucky Governor Matt Bevin said. This guy's a, you know, 
I've been talking about this guy since yes. he was elected. He's a, you know, no doubt he's a fucking complete piece of shit. They've also had, this is the same state in which like four state senators had to, you know, resign over sexual sexual allegations where they paid off people from, from uh, state funds. Now, mm-hmm. that's another thing that's going on now. They're going to have to start putting the kibosh on that. Quote, I guarantee somewhere in Kentucky today, this is what Matt Bevin said, I guarantee somewhere in Kentucky today, a child was sexually assaulted that was left at home because there was nobody there to watch them, Bevin said. I guarantee you somewhere today, a child was physically harmed or ingested poison because they were left alone because a single parent didn't have any money to take care of them. Hey, just, just, you know, spitball in here. One of the one of the reasons they probably right. don't have the money to do that is because you slash the budget for you're home. Right. So we should have daycare for those people. There right? you go. You or stupid something. motherfucker. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. So Meanwhile, right. in the real world, this one, this story blew my mind and continues to blow my mind. Smallville actress charged with sex trafficking for alleged involvement in. Was it Nexium cult? I think it's how it's pronounced. N X I V M. You know, because they want the Roman numeral in there, even mm. though N oh, is oh, even though oh. N is not Nexium, a Roman numeral. A uh, you know proton pump inhibitor that you <laughs> take for federal prosecutor said reflux. she worked as a slave quote master, recruiting unsuspecting women to a cult like group led by a man who sold himself as a self improvement guru to the stars. This is Allison Mack. Okay, she recruited unwitting women into a sexual pyramid scheme. Now, mm. they arrested her, put her in prison, and she got out on what? $5 million bond. You know what that's like? Wow. Yeah, that's exactly the same amount that Tony Montana had to pay in Scarface. That mm. was, he had a $5 million bond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. There you go. So, I know the times they are changing. I guess uh, drugs and uh, sexual... Pyramid schemes? Yes, yeah, no, I didn't uh, think of that. Yeah, sexual pyramid scheme. I, yeah, I really hadn't even... That was one of those things I hadn't even thought about, to be honest with you. Uh, let me see what we've got here. Um, on the subject of rich people being able to commit crimes and not having to go to jail, even if they're proven guilty. Um, yeah, because she's now... That was the thing. She's she's out on $5 million bond. I guess her mother had to put up her house. Oh, that's a crying shame. You had to put up your, your house that apparently is worth $5 million. It's her fault. Yeah. Okay, I spotted a couple of stories about how the average American is getting royally fucked by big shots ripping us off, getting caught ripping us off, and then not being arrested, tried, convicted, and sentenced to prison. Uh, the first one is Wells Par- Fargo to pay $1 billion to settle risk management claims. Regulators levied the largest banking fine of the Trump era against Wells Fargo and Company on Friday over claims of misconduct in its auto and mortgage lending businesses. The latest in a series of uh, of regulatory woes for the bank uh, is basically. Well, let me see what uh, can I do that now? Well, basically they were ripping off people and, and doing shenanigans mm-hmm. with their uh, retail. Uh, yeah. side of the thing. You know, Wells Fargo, of course, also got fined for opening up fake accounts. Yes. Yeah, you, you know, Wells They're Fargo. bad people. Yeah. The other story that caught my eye, this one, uh, bizarre. Former FCC broadband advisor arrested on $250 million fraud charges. A former broadband advisor picked by the Federal Communications Commission 
to push high-speed internet access in rural areas has been arrested on a multi-million dollar fraud charges. It's alleged that during her time with the Alaska-based fiber optic cable provider uh, Quintillion, former CEO Elizabeth Pierce raised more than $250 million from investment firms in New York using forged contracts from other companies. By using bogus documents, she convinced the investors that Quintillion had already secured banking from elsewhere, leading them to believe that their investment was stronger than it actually was. It appears that Pierce wants to raise money to build a fiber optic system that would better connect Alaska with other states in the U.S. She has been a vocal. She has been vocal about Alaska's need for high-speed internet, which is why she was recruited by FCC Chairman Ajit Pai. This guy's a piece. This guy's absolutely a piece of shit of the highest order. The okay. FCC Chairman that they got in there now, and um, for the she was recruited for the Broadband Development Advisory Committee uh, in April of last year. According to the charges. Pierce's alleged crimes span from 2015 to 2017. She abruptly left Quintillion just one month later, and the uh, Broadband uh, Development Advisory Committee a month after that. Quintillion says it began cooperating. So, you know, here's another sign of people being recruited and hired by this administration that are just straight-up fucking crooks. Okay, let's not kid ourselves. Okay, they're just freaking crooks. So let me see. I want to close that. What else we got over here? Um, some follow-up stories on Aye. stuff that we have uh, talked about. This one, this one really put a smile on my face. Senator told to pay twenty nine thousand in gerrymandering case legal costs. Remember the Pennsylvania thing I was yeah. talking about a few shows mm-hmm. ago. A federal judge is ordering Pennsylvania's top state senator to personally. Pay $29,300 to reimburse lawyers who successfully challenged the state's congressional districts as unconstitutionally gerrymandered. Uh, U.S. District Judge uh, Michael Bailson ruled Friday the taxpayer paid lawyers representing Republican State President pro tempore Joe uh, Scarnati. Just a name, like, mm. okay, first of all, just the name Joe Scarnati. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know he's a criminal. You, Listen to that name. What you talking about, Joe? Yo, my he's friend got, Joe. Yo, over here. Yo, Joe. get over here. Joe, no, no, Yo, Scarnati. I know we're doing a little of this. A little, yeah. yeah. Okay. And you know you want to get on my case about that about being politically incorrect. All right. Fuck you. Okay. But uh, they said that he improperly tried to move the legal challenge from state court to federal court last fall. The judge Belson says the attempt violated procedural rules and other defendants hadn't agreed to it. The Washington law firm of Arnold and Porter K. Scholler and the Public Interest Law Center of Philadelphia had sought just over 52700 Uh Scarnati, of course, is they're reviewing it. They're going to appeal it, of course, because, you know, that's the thing about having money, okay? Even if you're guilty, even if you're convicted, mm-hmm. okay? If you've got money, you can just appeal it, you know, to the, to the lengths, you know, to the furthest reaches of a flat planet. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's all these guys seem to do. There was uh, what was the other one? Ah, Missouri governor. Uh, what was the other one? Um, oh, is this it? Court. Yeah. Well, the, the Missouri governor, uh, Greitens. Okay, this guy is now about to be. Con- you know, they arrested him for those mm-hmm. uh, charges. You know, look at the smile on your face because this is this shit just cracks me up. This guy. I talked about him on the last show or the show before. I can't remember which one, but he like you know he 
he videotaped some chick, you know, that he was with, and then put it on his computer. We were talking about how, yes. he had to, yeah, and, you know, now they, they've arrested him, and now they're finding other shit out about this guy. Right. You're supposed to put that on a secure thumb drive. A secured thumb drive. That's right. where the kitty porn pass- goes. Password protected. Kitty porn is to go on this. You said that, not me. <laughs> That's where all the kitty porn goes. <laughs> so this story actually, I think, is... Uh, well, now they can't find a page I'm looking for, but I don't need it anymore because I remembered this one. Let me get rid of this. Thank you. Court sees if church solar panels break electricity monopoly. This is about uh, a thing that's going on in North Carolina. A, a solar company there decided to, uh, it's a North Carolina Clean Energy Technology Center said that a particular solar company had decided to give a church in North Carolina Solar panels for free. Okay. They installed them for free. And what they were going to do is the electricity from that, okay, was going to go back to this this company. And then they would give them back. They would then refundle the electricity back to the church. Okay. They were trying this out. Now, North Carolina is one of nine states that, as of last year, explicitly disallowed residential customers from buying electricity generated by solar panels on their roof. From a third party that owns the system. Now, a third right. party means that it's not Duke Energy. Right. Okay. Duke Energy is the first and only party. They have a monopoly. They were uh, trying that in Florida, too. Yeah, they've given that. And they, yeah. to a certain degree, they've succeeded. If you get solar energy here, mm. you can't actually um, have a self-contained unit. You're not. That's illegal. Right. You can't generate solar energy and have it go to a battery that you own at your house. The way it works is you create solar energy from the panels Duke uh, FPL mm. then figures out how much, how many kilowatts you have created, and they take that from you, and then they give you back energy through your regular mm-hmm. power lines. And when you install a unit, it's basically designed that what they want you to do is install a unit that zeroes everything out at the end of the year. You create as much as you use. Yes. But if you create more... FPL gives you a check at the end of the year. Yeah, you can watch your meter run backwards. I mean, yeah. If you, well, they, if you yeah, they, they don't... Well, no, you can't. Your meter yeah. always runs forwards. No, I've seen it. The people. Really? Well, there, there are different ways to generate uh, energy. But few, few people have enough money to invest in a solar system that will generate more than they use. Right. You, Especially the, here in Florida with the AC. With the, That's the whole thing. And so... <clears throat> but this that's is, exactly... But that's this is meter. now going... This is now actually going to be going... Um, to court the uh let me see um state law allows purchased or leased solar panels but not payments simply for the power that they generate in north carolina and they're taking this to court and if they win mm-hmm. okay if the church and this this company installed if they win that is that's going to really change well, let's let's go go yeah. church yeah they're right that's what i said that, that was exactly my feeling Let's go church. I can't believe, you know, there's yeah, a first. Listen to us. But it, it really will. If they, if they win, that is going to change a lot of stuff. That's going to have a major, I a profound so. effect on energy markets in this country. Because then people who own solar, you know, who can start small, very, very localized energy companies specifically designed for people to have solar powers that what, put the energy in there and then want, funnels it back to the house. Here's the here's you take, the you take the big shame companies, take Duke and FPL out of the picture. 
the, the what they're trying to prevent, which is what we want as consumers, is someone with an apartment building, the landlord of an apartment building, putting solar panels up right, and right. including the reduced rate electricity as part of your rent. Okay, because then that's competition with FPL. You're now an electricity, you're now a power company within the confines of that apartment complex, and they want your electric dollars. That's exactly And it. they use the excuse, and I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give them a modicum of the benefit of the doubt, meaning my doubt, that they say that it's a safety issue, that they don't want people running around uh, and yeah, oh, that's, playing no, I, with I the, playing with the grid, right? Yeah, and I'm, I agree and I'm, with yeah, and, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to pause and step back. Yes, uh, let, let, but let's eventually we're going to figure out how to do it safely, right? Well, because uh, all, right, all right, they have solar powered campers. All right, yeah. they have solar powered campers. There are people who live in their campers. Yes. So well, that's the thing though. But they're not using they're not using uh, the grid. The grid. That's, okay. Okay. And so I that's going to be that's yeah. going to be that's going to be the thing because I can be my own electrician at my solar powered camper. Yeah. I can apply that same. Yeah, but if you're on the grid with everybody right, else, you can right. fuck up the whole neighborhood. Indeed. So therefore, apartment building, I, I can see. Let's let's have a conversation about this and hash it out. Where apartment building, if you want to generate your own electricity, and FPL says I don't want that jackball connected to my grid because we own the grid. Yeah. Uh, that's a valid point. It is. On the other hand, if you can do that and say I want to go off the grid. Okay, okay, but that's, that's, but that's the thing that's illegal. They're making it illegal. Right, for you and to that's why we're rooting for the church because that will enable people. You know, that's that's really the the one right. thing the one thing that is that is hasn't been you know perfected yet are the batteries that can store the energy mm -hmm. for a lot of energy for a long period of time. Right. So that when the you know if you've got a power outage for a week, you've got enough stored energy there from your solar panels to be able to do it. And most people, okay, the, the, they don't have those batteries yet. So pretty much everybody who's got solar panels is still hooked up to the grid. So I agree with you there, okay? If you want to go yeah. off the grid... Yeah, that's your business. Well, then, it yeah. ought to be your business. Right. And if and you in can't Florida, save enough energy, and then, in Florida, then get yourself a By the way, generator. I understand. I have to explain the rainwater collection rationale. Oh, to people please don't. I, don't did, I did catchment out in Hawaii. You don't have to fucking convince me on that. Right. Animal. But the people here we're in, in Floodville yeah. don't understand why the government has a problem with you collecting rainwater. And it's like, no, the government doesn't have a problem with us collecting our rainwater here in Florida, Floodville. It's, the rainwater collection laws have to do with 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 people hoarding water, water hoarders yeah. that keep the water from flowing downstream. Right, These people that own all this property upstream and uh, and start collecting the rainwater on their land. Yeah, but people are, like right. out Oregon and Washington, Nestle is not here. you can't even get it from the sky and that's put it not in a here. bucket. That's not here. Yeah. Right. If it, when right. I was out in Hawaii, catchment, you know, that mm -hmm. I there is no underground plumbing in the t town mm -hmm. I worked at. I had a 15,000-gallon tank mm -hmm. on my property. And so... You would get catchment water, and what it would do is, when it rained, mm -hmm. it would flow through these things. It would go through a uh, a filter into the tank, and then when you used it, a you had to use uh, an electric motor that would pump the water out of the tank through another filter, mm -hmm. okay, into your house. Okay. okay, and so the worry for me was, I always I always kept a big bucket of water, 
okay, on my uh, on my lanai because power would go out there from time to time. When the power goes out, the water no. goes off. All right. That's it, okay? And I, the fear that I had because it happened one day, okay? I'm in the shower, mm-hmm. okay? Got the you soap on. the soap on. going. And there the it is, going. Okay, and I'm standing there like, you know, fucking fuck. I had to go in and like get, I had like a five-gallon, you know, water cooler for regular water, and I literally had to just, you know, take that and go outside, dump it on my head. So, but you know, yeah, this is, it's just another, this is, this is one of those cases that I'm going to be keeping an eye on because it's another, it's, it's another footstep towards true uh, freedom for the individual to make choices that don't affect anybody else. Okay. Choices for themselves that do not negatively affect their neighbors. If I want to have solar panels and I have my own battery and I want to go off the grid, I should be allowed to do that. You can't do that. You can do that in Montana. So, <laughs> here we go. I am wearing my my Abbey my Abbey Pub shirt. You know where it says, "We will try and remember your name." Today is a bit of a sad day for me. Um, my uh, and for my old neighborhood as well, because the Abbey Pub, which is on 105th Street, uh, just east of Broadway, will be closing its doors after tonight, and I'm guessing a considerable amount of tomorrow morning as well. I think I have a feeling that 4 a.m. Uh, last call might not be adhered to strictly today. I could, you know, I'm just just taking a stab at that one. Um, and this one came as a shock uh, to most of the people who know the joint, and actually most of the regulars too. Um, I found out it about a week ago, and it's a real shot uh, to the gonads that there was basically no advance warning on this one because it wasn't something that I could have planned to pop up there for, and you know, I'd have to spend, you know, last. Uh, few days feeling you know i basically spent the last couple of days feeling like someone was yanking individual hairs out of my legs of my soul as i watched a sort of uh time delayed series of motionless silent snapshots of my friends stopping in you know one last time for one last drink and so so i decided to write a little and um i'm sitting there you know for like five minutes staring at the blank page you know you got the uh the blinking cursor and then the screen Zapped over to uh, to the screensaver, and uh, you know with the rotating clock, and I and I hadn't written a word. And I couldn't. I knew what I wanted to write. I knew pretty much how I wanted to write. I couldn't think of how to start it. And that was the thing. So um, I decided to get up and walk around a little bit, get the blood flowing, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and then my place. That means walking back and forth between the, you know I'm in one of these little condos, you know. So it's like from the door to the bedroom back forth and uh i knew i needed some get up and go groove um but it also had to be a groove that could inspire me for what i needed to write and there was one perfect groove for what i needed That everything in New York ain't always what it seems You might get fooled if you come from out of town But I'm down by law and I know my way around Too much, too many people, too much <laughs> Too much, too many people, too much A castle in the sky, one mile high Built to shelter the rich and greedy Rows of eyes, disguised as windows Looking down on the fool 
poor and the needy Miles of people marching up the avenue Doing what they gotta do just to get by I'm living in a land of plenty and many But I'm damn sure poor and I don't know why Too much, too many people, too much Too much, too many people, too much A man's on a ledge, says he's gonna jump Gather around, said he won't, he's just a chump Cause he lost his job, then he got robbed His mortgage is due and his marriage is through He says he ain't gonna pay no child support Because the bitch left him without a second thought He got nothing to eat, no shoes on his feet She even left his clothes out in the street He keeps hearing noises when he's at home He always hears voices when he's all alone His wife took the kids, the car and the crib In this man's world, so much for women's live New York, New York, big city of dreams But everything in New York ain't all is what it seems. You might get fooled if you come from out of town, but I'm down by law and I know my way around. Down in the village, you might think I'm silly, but you can't tell the women from the men sometimes. They are sugar and spice and everything nice, but when you get them home, ain't no telling what you find. Right next door is a little old man. I seen him eating dog food out of a can. He says, I got to eat when I can't afford meat. I barely can stand on my own two feet. I got a bad habit and I just can't break it. Something's on my mind and I just can't shake it. I need some time and I want some space. I gotta get away from the human race. Too much, too many people, too much. <laughs> too much, too many people, too much. Stand at the skyscraper, reaching into heaven. When over in the ghetto, I'm living in hell. Just play ball or be an entertainer, cause niggas like me can't read too well. Nobody loves me, nobody cares. I dream about a life, but I'm living in a nightmare. Paranoid, get so setback, snowbound, bad news cycle, heart attack, breakdown. I might find the strength to make another day If I didn't have to get up and do my thing I would probably sleep my whole life away I messed up a nice dream Something about ice cream Whipped cream fruits and a cherry on top Now I gotta get up and face the world huh, The pressure is on, it ain't never gonna stop I sure gotta learn to use my mind I don't wanna be kissing nobody's behind Just standing online looking like a jerk Gotta get off my butt and do a full day's work I ran into a pothole, got into a car crash Should've been to try to fake whiplash a crowd gathered round they're calling me fat who you looking at with a face like that new york new york big city of dreams everything in new york ain't always what it seems you might get fooled if you come from out of town but i'm down by lawn i know my way around on 42nd street looking for some action women standing on the corner selling satisfaction one young punk just leaning on the fence trying to make a dollar out of 15 cents really is a prankster try to be a gangster a real big when the gun is in his hand Just did a stick up Just got picked up One dead punk Killed by the man New York, New York Big city of dreams And everything in New York Ain't always what it seems You might get fooled If you come from out of town But I'm down by lawn I know my way around Too much Too many people Too much <laughs> Too much Too many people Too much 
A baby cries and a mother dies And the tears fall from the doctor's eyes Because in this room, on this day The good Lord has given and taketh away The gift of life really means a lot And in the ghetto your life is all you got So you take to the streets trying to exist In the trash and slime of a world like this What you watch on TV tells you what life is supposed to be But when you look outside, the only thing you see is the poverty-stricken reality <laughs> Abandoned places, angry faces, much hate and hunger throughout the races You say I'm grown and I'm on my own, so why don't everybody just leave me alone? Now you stay at home, talking on the phone, doing 90 miles an hour in the 50 mile zone They never took the time to tell you about sex, so you had to learn about it in the disco text Nine months later, the baby is there and the nigga that did it said, I don't care, you don't have enough money to help feed too, so you have to choose between the baby and you. The sky was crying, rain and hell, when you put your baby in the garbage pail, then you kiss the kid and put down the lid, and you tried to forget what you just did. <laughs> the muffled screams of a dying baby was enough to drive the young mother crazy, so she ran in the rain trying to ease the pain, <laughs> and she drove herself insane. New York, New York, big city of dreams, but everything in New York ain't always what it seems. You might get fooled if you come from out of town, but I'm down by law and I know my way around. Too much, too many people, too much. <laughs> too much, too many people, too much. Huh. What's happening, man? What's man, man, you should see these bad girls that got work in the corner. Hey, yo, baby, come here, man. Give me a little Let's try to get some hey, money. Hey, yo, y'all know this dude? Look, he cool. coming right here. Let's rob him, man. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, leave him alone. Hey, Slick, you know your way to Sugar Hill Records? Hey, man, that's in Jersey, man. Come here, man. What's up, man? They're taking paradise, so who gives a fuck what they're putting up? In the winter of 1986, I ditched the sublet. I was month-to-monthing in Chelsea, and I rented apartment 3FE, stands for Front East, at 225 West 105th Street. It took me about a month before I could tell the difference between a domino being slammed on a table and a gunshot. And then it took me several more months before I could claim membership in the West 105th Coalition, joining Robin, Maggie, Jason, John, Alexis, and Apollo as a full patch holder, along with a rotating cast of characters fortunate enough to get a pad in Kamada Towers. I knew the neighborhood reasonably well, having lived at 112th and Riverside Drive two years earlier. And because proximity back then was often as important as ambiance when it came to my preference in bars, I was already more than familiar with Cannons, the Marlin, and the West End. But then... The gods above saw fit to bestow upon me an apartment within crawling distance of a genuine watering hole, the Abbey Pub. For the first few months, I reveled in the bliss of being able to shuffle home before hurling or passing out. So it wasn't until the weather got warm that I finally decided to wander around and see if there was anything else of interest in the neighborhood other than the Abbey and Napoli Pizza. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine, quick interview the other day, my friend Drew, who lives in uh, northern Ohio. And uh, he posted, like, the weather forecast up there, and it called for snow flurries, okay? And I checked the weather down here in Deerfield Beach, and it was, like, going to be 70, you know, in the mid-70s at night for the next three days. And I remember what it felt like, you know, almost every year, no matter how brutal the winter was in New York, um, sometime around mid to late March, there'd be that, that sudden stretch of days that would get up to, like, 40 on Thursday and the mid-50s on Friday, and then it would be, like, the, the high 60s, low 70s for the weekend, and the whole fucking city would suddenly come out of hibernation. And the real kidney punch would come a week or so later when all of a sudden the temperature would like plummet 
back into the 20s again for like a week. And it was like Mother Nature turned on the wrong light. And every creature in the entire city suddenly scrambled back onto the floorboards again. Uh, anyway, back to 105th Street. Looking back now, if I'd only stayed on the block, okay, everything would have been fine. But instead, I trudged two more blocks and got sucked into the abyss of the night cafe, after which everything until 1992 is a blur of booze, drugs, and pool. When the fog finally cleared, the night cafe was gone, Paul had bought the Abbey, and I was living in a series of places devoid of winter. As the years in my tan progressed, I gradually came to reappreciate and then fully embrace the Abbey as the one place I knew I could come home to and instantly feel at home. We keep the flow going with Marigold at the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
shit out. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yo, yo, yo. Yo, 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 check it. Yo, I'm too old for these young whippersnappers out here. I'm a legend. You should be popping corks to my beer. When I appear full gear down from the rear, slice so quick, you thought that. Yeah, there's too many MCs, but not enough MCs are raw like that liquid that you pour on mint leaves. Look around the premises, spot blemishes. Call me Doc Old Dog more Minister Dennis is imminent. The raunchy shit I prefer. So every word be hard to turn when you stir. My grill, my balls, my jaws, stretch 12 flaws, vacate your college dorm halls. I can stand still and ricochet off the wall. The gun sparks yourself, cause your PA to stall. Who shot JR? I did, right in the melon. So I can own a ranch and start fucking Sue Wellen. I do murders that's hard to solve through forensic. Any clash of hash able to burn, I bent it. You push your six while I push it in a tempest. Rocking, ho hopping, bumping little Kim hey, shit. Yo, niggas popping shit, Red. I don't care. Bitches say you don't got money. Money. I don't care. Yo, niggas say he nicer than you. I don't care. I'm not in somebody right on. He got a big icy chain. I don't care. He got a Benz and a Range. I don't care. His records get mad airplay. I don't care. I'm not in somebody right on. Yo, yo, fuck all you radio that wanna play clean singles. I cleaned mine for years and still ain't hit a million. Why? I get the Buddha heads bugging. Shit, I should be four million better for that shit I'm unplugging. Doc rocked every corridor in Florida. Watch the formula, poor sucker, absorb it all. And while you foaming up from the two in your Nordica, I orchestrate the orchestra to orchestra. Never trust no bitch, map your click. She ain't with it, call Tyrone to pack her shit. Funk Doc, Golden Eye, Double O, Agent. I be in court more than them dollar cap patients. Lick a shot, think the doc is going pop, eat a cock. Ready for real hip hop to rock your block. All chicks, I turn them out. Send they boyfriends back home, taking the garbage out. Yo, I'm a sewer rat the tracks. With gas bigger than Will Smith, got a minute black. And if it's Friday, you better double your lap. I hit you on the floor saying, My neck and my back. Yo, let's settle it out of court for $10 smoke. $250 in jawbreakers, dollar in envelopes. How tight are you? Tighter than the federal jail. You better check double Excel. Yo, niggas say you ain't shit. I don't care. Yo, bitches say you broke as fuck. I don't yeah. Niggas say you better than you. I don't care. I'm not somebody right I, off the I, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He got a lot of fucking ice. I don't care. He got a fizz in a range. I don't, I don't care. He get 40 spins a day. I So a businessman can't expect no return from a fixed fight. Now, if you can't trust a fix, what can you trust? For a good return, you got to go betting on chance. And then you're back with anarchy, right back in the jungle. That's why ethics is important. What separates us from the uh, animals, the uh, beasts of burden, beasts of prey, ethics. Whereas uh, Bernie Birnbaum is a horse of a different color. Ethics-wise. As in, he ain't got any. You sure it's Bernie selling you out? It ain't elves. So you want to kill him? For starters. Sorry, Casper. Bernie pays for protection. Listen, Leo. I ain't asking for permission. 
I'm telling you as a courtesy. I need to do this thing so it's going to get done. And I'm telling you as a courtesy you'll have trouble. You came here to see if I'd kick if you killed Bernie. Well, there's your answer. I pay off to you every month like a green grocer. A lot more than the schmatter. And I'm sick of getting the high hat. You pay off for protection just like everyone else. As far as I know and what I don't know in this town ain't worth knowing, the cops haven't closed any of your dives and the DA hasn't touched any of your rackets. You haven't bought any license to kill bookies and today I ain't selling any. So take your flunky and dangle. His fancy pants, all these. Johnny, you're exactly as big as I let you be and no bigger and don't forget it ever. That's right, Leo. You're the big shot around here. I'm just some schnook likes to get slapped around. Well, together we stand, divided we fall. Come on now, people, let's all get on the ball and work together. Come on, come on, let's work together. Hey now, people, because together we will stand. Every boy, every woman, and man Make someone happy, y'all now Make someone smile Let's all work together Make life worth a while Let's work together Come on, come on Let's work together But hey now, people Because together we will stand Every boy, every
show, baby. The Ainsley Dunbar Retaliation. Let it ride from their uh, 69 album, To Mum, from Ainsley and the Boys. That was produced by John Mayo. I mean, Ainsley has played drums for, like, some of the greats in rock and roll history. But, of course, he's in the, the Hall of Fame uh, with Journey. <laughs> Ugh. I remember the, the performance that Journey did... Um, at the concert for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they had some kid filling in for Rick Perry. That performance was cringeworthy, in my opinion. Now, before that, Jack White, Lazaretto from Lazaretto 2014. He's got a new album out uh, it's called uh, Boarding House Reach. Uh, it's pretty freaking good. He killed it on SNL uh, a couple of weeks ago. He was, you know, Jack White was very good on uh, on SNL. I've, I've recently become a little, you know, I remember when SNL really just had great musical guests all the time and now it's that seems rare you know i more often than not i want yeah you know it's one of those things i'll tell you that song right there it's a great example of jack white being another uh, writer of great rock and roll riffs like uh lenny kravitz lenny kravitz just writes great rock and roll riffs. for that dwight yoakam let's work together that's the uh 1990 version that he did of the wilbert harrison classic uh from 1962 i've actually played the original uh, Wilbert Harrison on the show before. I've got, I don't know how many versions of that. I've got to have half a dozen versions of that song. You know, there was one, the other one was uh, Oh Well, the Fleetwood Mac song. You know, don't ask me what I think of you. I might not give the answer that you want me to. I've got at least six versions of that song. Okay, I just, you know, I tons of them. For that, yeah, clip from movie we both love, Miller's mm. Crossing. You fancy yeah. pants, all of you. You fancy pants. <laughs> you take your, take your flunky and dangle. That's a that's a absolutely stunning movie by the Cone Brothers. Actually, I think that's I don't know if that's by the Cone Brothers or just by Ethan Cone. I think it might just be Ethan Cone who directed that one. For that Red Man, I don't care. From Doc's to Name, two thousand came out in 1990, 1998. A bunch of uh, films out there, you know, those pot films with Method Man and uh, and Red Man, all that shit. And kicking off the set, Marigold, Evergreen. Is Golda from Marigold 2013, Greg Howe on guitar. I don't know, can't remember the name of the, the chick that sings in that band. She's got a set of pipes, okay? There ain't no doubt about that. So, it is uh, that time of year again, basically. You know, this is an annual event when Bill Maher, during his uh, final New Rules editorial, he does at the end of every show, he does, you know, he does his annual pro pot thing. Every mm-hmm. year, he does it. And... This year, and, and for some, you know, and, and what he does every year, he does the same thing every year. He compares pot to something else, or he, com- or he takes pot as an issue and compares it to other issues. Now, for historical perspective, back in 2013, he proclaimed that pot was the new gay marriage, stating that it was the next civil rights issue that needed to fall. In, uh, let me see, 2015, he implored President Obama to, quote, evolve his stance on pot the way he said he had with gay marriage, and he commented that the president had, quote, gone down the list, reversing the stupidities of the past, healthcare, torture, gay marriage, immigration, Cuba. And Bill proclaimed, it's pot's turn. <laughs> okay. Then in 2016, he said, pot is not like gay marriage <laughs> because no one stood to lose money. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. Okay. All right. Now, at some point or another, he's compared it pot to you know his he saved his case for legalizing pot um, by juxtaposing it with uh, alcohol, oxycontin, tobacco, abortion, gay marriage, and it's always about you know it's it's not about pot per se. 
it's always within some sort of uh, socio-political dynamics. It's about it's more about the hypocrisy of the people who are on the other side of the the issue of legalizing pot. And I've said over and over again, stop comparing pot to other things. You can't compare pot to other things. You just, just stop it. Okay, you can't uh, compare pot to something that doesn't get you high. Okay, simply by labeling it a civil rights issue and then claim the freedom to get stoned and interact with society that statistically has a greater percentage of citizens who are straight, okay, and then claim it as an inherent freedom implicit in the Bill of Rights, okay, if for no other reason than smoking weed impairs certain abilities, whereas getting married to someone of the same sex doesn't, okay? Okay. And you can't compare it to legal drugs because the average person cannot make alcohol or Oxycontin on their own, but pot. Anybody can mm-hmm. grow pot pretty much any way they fucking want. So now it's 2018. Jeff Sessions' desire to kibosh the spread of individual states legalizing pot for medicinal and recreational use has gone nowhere, which is probably, I don't know if you heard about this, <coughs> uh, ex-Speaker of the House uh, John Boehner. You mm-hmm. hear about him? He, uh, no. he joined a uh, marijuana firm's advisory board, which I thought was funny. So this year's hot issue for the moment going around now, what is it? It's guns. Yes, so yes, of course. naturally, Bill figured it was high time, like that little pun there, yes, to compare gun rights advocates to pot rights advocates. And he said, we love weed the way Republicans love guns. Yes. I, okay. I he contends that Democrats need this as a wedge issue to make sure they win the next election and warns that they could lose this issue if they're not careful because now Republicans smell the money. Mm. Maybe so. But I don't think that the uh, GOP bigwigs are going to be legislating, uh, legislatively embracing legalization or even decriminalization on a federal level anytime soon. And the reason is this, okay? They may be getting a whiff of some of those uh, pot profits, but mm. that is nothing compared to the smell that is being wafted in there, the noxious fumes by big pharmaceuticals, alcohol, tobacco, Wall Street, not to mention the NRA, Okay, those kinds of people pour money in, okay, at a at a ridiculous pace. And Bill points out that, quote, every election, the Republicans run on, they're coming for your guns. And he's right. But I think that his belief that, quote, we need to talk about weed that way and turn potheads into single-issue voters. I don't think that's a, a realistic script for Democrats winning back the House and Senate in November. For one, okay, and... There are a number of reasons why, particularly most strains of pot are not exactly prized for their stimulative properties. So framing the issue as a political call to arms around the possibility of weed becoming ubiquitously illegal again to folks who are often baked before breakfast might not wind up resulting in the blue wave that Bill and I are hoping for. And he argues, he said that this should be a potent issue. For all those younger voters, the ones we are so desperate to get to the polls in November, those kids say they're coming out for gun control. Maybe. But being against guns is not a lifestyle. Guns is a lifestyle. Weed is a lifestyle. A degenerate lifestyle, if you ask me. So are both of them. Commie hippie. (laughs) I'm armed armed with an apogee electric bong. Yeah, I need to. I need to be armed to protect myself against you, you weed heads, because you're <laughs> maniacs. Didn't you ever see Reefer Madness? That, well, that documentary. <laughs> yeah, seen it. 
<laughs> I live it. I thought you were in it. <laughs> That's an now, age joke. You know, it's true. Bill makes um, comparisons between the two, and he, he does a good job of it. He says uh, um, both of these lifestyles are catered to with their own unique magazines, retail outlets, methods of concealment, multifarious products, and breadth of knowledge about those products. They both have... Uh, musicians who staunchly support them and of course both guns and weed have outlandishly expensive and just flat out outlandish toys designed solely for the most passionate devotees now one would think that that's where the duality ends because while genuine commitment exists for both gun nuts and potheads only one of those lifestyles has a lobbying group that can treat congress like it's bitch and that's not likely to change anytime soon after the parkland shootings the NRA had its best fundraising month ever, ever. When Jeff Sessions made it clear that he was going to try and crack down on legal weed, I doubt that Normal's bank account increased by a nickel. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. For me, the real flaw in Bill Maher's proposal to make legalizing weed a wedge issue for Democrats is that it relies on him not recognizing another duality that does exist. When Bill said that every election the Republicans run on, they're coming for your guns, he then goes on to say that even though Democrats weren't really coming for your guns, the Republicans really are coming for your weed, and that there is no Second Amendment protection for weed like there is for guns. So getting potheads to recognize and then fear this could be the catalyst to get that millennial crop of potatoes off their couches for a few hours one afternoon over I don't know. You don't know about that? I don't know. That's what I don't think so either. But the truth is... That while there is no specific constitutional protection for weed the way there is for guns, there's a more general protection, and it comes via the 10th Amendment. That's right, folks. After years of conservatives brandishing states' rights like a bazooka and then aiming it at everything from abortion clinics to same-day voter registration, they're not about to give up what they see as the gains they've made just to make sure that their neighbors can't smoke any more of that wacky tobacco. And that's what Jeff Sessions would be attempting to do via ignoring the mandate of the 10th Amendment, which explicitly states, quote, that the federal government possesses only those powers delegated to it by the United States Constitution. All remaining powers are reserved for the states or the people, which I always, I go through the Constitution every once in a while and I always find a word or a phraseology in there that I can't figure out whether they fucked up or whether is now fucked up because of progress. Because the states or the people, what is the state if not the people who live in it? Right. Okay. Now, Bill Maher's insinuation. That's the government. Yeah, it's the government. Government. Okay, but his insinuation that we should be afraid of Uncle Sam harshing our buzz because we didn't specifically mention the Constitution the way arms are, and then trotting that issue out as the ultimate inspiration for the traditionally uninspired as if it were the promise of free tacos if you vote fails to recognize the real constitutional quagmire to progress in modern day america and that is this is the newman of of the constitution it's the connecticut compromise okay okay which basically has allowed 27 states that have 15 percent of the total population to have 54 of the 100 senators so even if the 23 states that have 85 that have 85% of this nation's electorate came out 
firmly, if everybody in those states came out firmly in support of an issue like legalizing weed nationally, period, they still wouldn't be able to exert the kind of legislative influence that the NRA has over the majority of senators who happen to represent the minority of the nation's population as a whole. And this is why I think pot would prove an ineffective wedge issue. Since the voters Bill hopes to light a fire under aren't the ones we need to spark up. <laughs> Can't help myself. Uh, you got a, a lot of them. I know, I couldn't one. help yeah. myself. Okay, here's one. A bowls on the way to the polls movement. You've heard of souls to the polls, right? You just look at you like, oh, come on, I get nothing That's for that. That's great. That's right. I'm laughing on the inside. You're like, okay, a bowls on the way to the polls movement will probably only succeed in widening the margin of victory for a slew of Democrats that were already a lot to retain their gerrymandered seats and maybe, just maybe, <coughs> swing an election or two. Now, he's absolutely right about one thing. Trying to increase Democratic turnout by conjuring up weed as a wedge issue in order to win back Congress so that we can then get to the stuff that really matters to us is exactly what the Republicans have been doing with guns for years. And that kind of roadmap to victory is a moral stone in my shoe. Okay, When did we decide that, through basic attrition, conservatives had won the war for the way the war should be fought? Was 2016 a tipping point for progressive Democrats that suddenly forced them to abdicate what little patch of moral high ground they still maintained in favor of acquiescing to a strategy of that's how they won, so that's how we can and should win? Okay, white hat, black hat. Mm-hmm, right. Okay, essentially Bill's let's win it with weed campaign is nothing more than a MacGuffin. Oh, meant to hopefully inspire and then direct a sizable constituency to vote for the right people based on a hyped, fear-based narrative, all the while espousing legislative virtue as the true underlying motive. There's a word for people who do this sort of thing after complaining about it, and I don't want to be one of those people for sure. In the near term, I think it's futile, okay, to fight for federal legalization or decriminalization, so why bother? when the states are coming into line all by themselves. Well, in Bill's opinion, the reason why is to make it a wedge issue. This is just lazy campaigning. The same way putting DACA or gay marriage, or for that matter, guns, at the top of the list of, yeah, at the top of the uh, things we're going to scare you into giving a shit about the most list. As far as I'm concerned, all these issues, okay, as well as legalizing weed nationally, period, are far less critical to our nation than, than issues like health care, education, the tax code, and America's position in an increasingly interdependent global society. Look, I agree with Bill that, for the most part, the DNC power structure these days is largely comprised of pablum-puking pussies. Uh, sure, for the most part, they're well-intentioned pablum-puking pussies, but virtue in a token... Won't even get you on the subway anymore, which is why lately the Democrats can't legislatively get from where they are to where they want to be. And unless Democrats can figure out a way to put on 20 pounds of muscle and toughen up without gulping down Andro smoothies for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, Bill's strategy is just an admission that politics has officially entered the steroid era. And weed is the campaign equivalent of the clear. Okay, look, there's a reason why Barry Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame, and it's because he cheated. Even though it is generally acknowledged that he would have easily 
been worthy of induction if he'd played it straight throughout his entire career. If Democrats resort to the same sort of wedge-issue campaign strategy that the Republicans have used and do that instead of finding a way to win over single-issue voting conservatives by vigorously campaigning on what are actually even more important issues for them, I have a feeling the latest batch of libtards won't be heading for Cooperstown either. Thank you. Every year, he gets it right and he gets it wrong. And no, you, you want to make you weed a wedge issue, you're, 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 you're going down the wrong path. Right. I agree. You're going down the wrong path. And it's lazy because that's not the issue that should matter most of these people. The problem Nobody. with these people is they, they think that the other issues don't matter, so they picked guns. But once you get out there and explain to them why the tax code and health care mm-hmm. and, well, foreign policy, you never want to get the, the, the average person involved. <laughs> but those, the tax code and foreign policy and education, okay, why those things really matter on a day-to-day basis for people, they should, you could, that's how you turn them into multi-issue voters. Not right. by, you know, trotting out weed or guns or abortion. Okay, yeah. we are bigger than that, and to have that shit, and no, he's just right. he's falling into that trap. Yep. He's doing what they did, and like I said, yeah. there's a word for that. There's a word for people who do that, isn't there? Yep. Okay. Yep. So, <clears throat> back to my lament. Okay. Okay. Very quickly here. So now the abbey is closing. Mm. My my place. You see, I'm wearing the shirt here today. Yes, indeed. We will try and remember your name. That's <laughs> uh, a smacks of effort. It smacks of effort, and it's closing suddenly, like a sucker punch from the family member that New York City has been to me every day of my life, and I can already feel the welt growing on my soul. Certain that this one's going to hurt for a while. Um, and so soon after, Paul finally sort of fixed the door in the men's room. Literally, the door in the men's room had been broken forever. Okay, and I had a feeling when I realized the latch work for the first time ever that such an attempt at gentrification might be a harbinger of acquiescence in the face of the pub's lifetime stalwart indignation at the prospect of trying to suit those few who hadn't already found it a perfect fit. Off the avenue, below the street, and above reproach, now to be cast asunder by flourishing greed from the only family member it's ever known, the city that spawned it, and the patrons and staff who lovingly nurtured it. Where shall I go in my beloved city now that it has gone behind my back and financially raised my home away from home? One thing I know for sure is that I already hate whatever will be there the next time I come around. And though that sounds like a petulance, I should have discarded long ago, so be it. If acceptance of change is the signature of growing up, I submit that change such as will happen at or around 4 a.m., May 1st, 2018, on West 105th Street, is all the incitement I need to never fully embrace adulthood. Back to the groove with some humble pie at the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com.
Tommy, you can't do this. You don't bump guys. You're not like those animals back there. It's not right, Tom. They can't make us do this. It's the wrong situation. They can't make us different people than we are. We're not muscle, Tom. I, I, I never killed anybody. I used a little information for a chisel, that's all. It's my nature, Tom. I, 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 I can't help it. Somebody hits me an angle, I play it. I don't, I don't deserve to die for that. Do you think I do? I'm just a grifter, huh, Tom? I'm, I'm, I'm a nobody. But I'll tell you what, I never crossed a friend, Tom. I never killed anybody, never crossed a friend. No, you all bet. We're not like those animals. This is not us. This, 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 this is a half dream. It's a dream, Tommy. I'm praying to you. I can't die. I can't die. I'm here in the woods. Like a dumb animal. In the woods like a dumb animal. Like a, like a, like a dumb animal. I can't die. I can't. I can't die out here in the woods. Like a dumb animal. I can't die.
look at you. I'm praying to you. Look at your heart. I'm praying to you. Look at your heart. Look at your
Simo Shine from Horizon Shine. That's their latest came out last year. It's a JG Simo on guitar. Before that, Jimmy Ruffin. Everybody needs love from Ruffin Ready 1969. Of course, he's the uh, older brother of uh, David Ruffin from The Temptations. I met him uh, along with Eddie Kendricks one night. It was with my friend Bobby Rainbow, a model for Levi's. Ah, whatever. It's funny. Uh, you know, it's the Philadelphia song. It's uh, his big hit. Uh, uh, Jimmy Ruffin's big hit was uh, What Becomes of the Broken Hearted. What Becomes of the Broken Hearted. And before that, you know, this set, th- this set, sublime. The whole set, sublime in its in its mixing. For that, Charles Wright and the Watts 103rd Street Rhythm Band Do Your Thing. So 45 from uh, 1969. Those cats are from Los Angeles. You like this. Th- those guys, this particular band, they backed up a lot of other bands. They were, they were hired out to back up a lot of bands and a lot of other solo acts uh through the years including you ready Mm -hmm. bill cosby hey you know talk about doing your thing huh (laughs) i'm so sorry (laughs) surrounding that that. surrounding that a couple more clips from miller's crossing it's funny because the gunshot doesn't kill Bernie Birnbaum. Why are you giving the movie away? Spoiler alert. Sorry. Somebody hasn't mind. seen it. Never maybe. mind. Somebody all right. All right. Watch all right. the movie. It's a great. Would you agree with me? Totally. Yes. Worth. It's a good movie. It's absolutely a great movie. Before that, yeah, a couple of tracks from my uh, Rare Funk collection. Push, Cut Me Loose, a 12-inch. It came out within uh, 94. They were part of uh, London's Rare Groove scene um, back in the early 90s. Guys like um, uh, Brand New Heavies, that whole thing. Before that, the nice mix into that, the variation, saying it and doing it from A Woman's Blues 1975, featuring Samaki on vocals, those cats out of San Francisco, and kicking off the set, Humble Pie, Natural Born Boogie. That is the first 45 that those guys released in 1969. The B side of that 45, you'll like this, Wrist Job. Okay. <laughs> I, always, I always thought that was funny. I don't know why, but I do think it's funny. So, time for me. To take care of the people who take care of me. You know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong! You don't, no, in this I, case. I, because I'm talking about Paul, Francis, Sharon, Sully, Johnny Vegas, and all the other bartenders that have ever, ever worked at the uh, Abbey Pub who graciously poured me one. And then another one, and maybe just one more after that. To all of you guys throughout the years, mucho mahalo. Of course, I'm also talking about Precision Auto Works of Pompano Beach, Florida, 954 954- Two four seven nine three six two bumper to bumper any make any model. Dave is the man, and I do mean any make any model. If it's got an internal combustion engine and wheels, Dave and the entire A S E certified crew of Precision Auto can make it better than it ever was. If you go in there with a car, when you get it back, it's going to be better. I don't care if you think there's nothing wrong with it. Okay, whatever. It's always better when it comes back. It's actually time for me to actually uh, get over there. I'm due, uh, you know, I've got that little mileage thing on mm-hmm. the, you know, and it's, it tells me when it starts blinking on the thing. I got to get over there and to have Dave do the once over, little oil change, little uh, looksy under the hood. Easy to get to. Right off I 95, you go west on Atlantic. You make the first left on Andrews, the first right on Third Street, two blocks up on the left. Of course, you can go to the soflowradio.com website. Click on the box on the top row that says Tony C. SoFlo Groovathon, and it takes you right to my page on the SoFlo Radio site where you will find every show I've ever done, all available to be downloaded or listened to for free. That's right. 
because you can't put a price on Groove. And above the link for each show, you'll see all the songs played on that show. So you'll be able to see every one of the over 1,700 songs that have been played over the last three years. At the top of the page, you're going to see a link for Precision Auto Works. Takes you right to their website. Tells you everything you need to know about them. 954-247-9362. Precision Auto Works, Pompano Beach, Florida. It's the place where people who love their cars take their cars. Cut down on the hang time this week. Less all right, time. all right. Editing. Editing, yeah. A little less hang time there. You know what that means, of course? Yeah. Time for the drive groove. We're going to kick it off with a 6.2 liter, 585 horsepower beast from Freddie King on SoFloRadio.com.
There you go. Richie Coates and the Damned from the Damned. That is his latest album. Came out this year. Of course, he was the uh, guitarist for the band Poison in the Big Hair Days. Now he's with the Winery Dogs. Uh, he was actually one of those uh, shredders that got signed by Shrapnel back in the uh, mid-'80s at some point or another. For that, Johnny Island, that is a uh, little riff he does live at the Crossroads in Nashville. No, he's one of my favorites out there. Before that, John Patitucci's Electric Guitar Quartet, Band of Brooklyn, or Band of Brothers from the album Brooklyn, came out in 2015. Brooklyn's in the house. That features a very old friend of mine, Adam Rogers, on guitar. He is now, of course, represented by Modern Works Publishing. Shout out to my brother, Dan. And kicking off the set, yeah, that's 585 horsepower for you. Freddie King going down from Getting Ready in 1971, of course, his song later made famous, I guess, about a year after that by uh, Jeff Beck did the uh, did his version of it. Shout out to Sandy out on the west coast of Florida. Went and saw Jeff Beck with her, and it's one of her favorite songs. So there it is, baby, 86, almost totally in the books. You know, I uh, just, you know, it's a sad day for me. You know, I'll tell you, the thing about the Abbey closing and doing it so suddenly is that because it was no, uh, you know, uh, advance notice of it, like I literally just mm-hmm. found out about it, you know, a week ago. We all did. And so, delay. you know, I think about, it's one of those things where I think about the last time I was there. It was a couple months ago. And it never, at any point, as I was walking out, you know, after I tabbed out and said goodnight to Francis or to Paul or whoever was behind a bar, it never, for a second, occurred to me that when I came back, the Abbey wouldn't be there. And it's not going to be there. And the worst thing about it is that the building the Abbey is in and the one right next door to it, okay, are basically mirror buildings of each other. They, they, they're mirrors, okay? The stairways are like this and it goes like that. And uh, they are, I guess, six, they're five-story buildings. So each of them has a, a retail outlet below ground, you know, a few steps underneath, you know, b- below where the street level is. Then the first, then the, the first floor, okay, that's the first floor. Then the second floor usually had, you know, the, uh, the, Above the Abbey used to be the video store. There was a printing shop in the one right next door. Mm-hmm. And then the third, fourth, and fifth floors each had have two apartments on them. And the building right next door to the Abbey, which is the one that mirrors it, was owned by uh, Mitzi Kamada and her son, Jason Kamada, who was, you know, in the neighborhood. Everybody knew him. And I lived in that building as well, as did tons of people over the years. I mean, all these people, my friend Powell lived in there. Uh, Sharon lived in there. I lived in there with Ted and uh, I can't remember the name of the guy, the uh, chef from the cathedral. Um, Johanna lived in there with Debbie at one point. Um, everybody, and the, the funny thing was, is there was a guy that we knew from the neighborhood named Cable Ready Freddy. And this is back <laughs> in the day. You like that one? Uh-huh. He's, now, he's down here now. He, he moved down to Florida. But the, the back in those days, the, you had a cable box and you had to like click the channel. So it was like 1 through 13 and then A through Z. You know, Channel J, you know, <laughs> Midnight Blue, baby, and, uh, you know, all that stuff. And um, so Cable Ready Freddy hooked it up so that we could get every single channel, even the pay-per-view channels, but we only had to pay for one box for the entire building, <laughs> okay? And the thing is, they're tearing down. This is what really frosted my cookies the most, is that when I first heard about this, okay, my my thought was is that the landlord had literally just raised the rent so high that Paul couldn't afford it no more. You know, that's what I thought. But what I found out is that they're tearing down those two buildings 
and this company called Roe Corporation, the mm-hmm. Roe Corporation, is putting up a 10, 12-story monstrosity. It's going to be uh, retail, you know, it's going to be like retail, bottom two floors, and then residential. And I guarantee the residential units in there are not going to be apartments that are, to some degree or another, uh, reasonably priced for renters. They're going to be, you know, these freaking co-ops that are expensive. And the block itself really hasn't had any, you know, those two buildings, okay, the building, the the two brownstones, the one that the Abbey is in and the one right next door are at least 80 years old, maybe even 100 years old. The the block itself is, is well over 100 years old. Okay, some of the buildings mm-hmm. on there. And um, the building that they're putting up, I saw, I went online and looked at the uh, the plans for it. And they've got, you know, the picture and, this, and all that stuff. And it's it's going to be so completely out of place. And the corporation itself is also saying that what they really want to do is eventually buy up the whole block between 105th and 106th on the east side of Broadway. And they want to turn into like bazillion feet of whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that as a New Yorker, and I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm into the history of New York. And the thing is, is that this is what New York does. Okay, New York never stays the same. It it, it constantly changes because there's a limited amount of space mm. on the island of Manhattan. So there's always going to be that turnover. And for me, I have to reconcile my sorrow at a place that has been, you know, the Abbey's been there for at least 50 years, maybe more. And that's really kind of the 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 hallmark of a real neighborhood bar is that it it transitions a generation i can't tell you how many people Mm -hmm. um that have you know written comments about what i you know what i posted and they said you know my father i remember my dad took me there you know years ago when i was a kid and so like it's been around for that long Mm -hmm. okay the thing is is that new york changes it doesn't stay the same all right and they have designated certain buildings like my mother lives in a building that is designated as a new york historic landmark so it can't be torn down okay that's that's just it but most of new york ain't like that it just isn't and so you know i'm a new yorker i mean mm-hmm. if somebody asked me if i was going to describe myself they'll be the first thing i'd say and i and you know they're like you know most people are like i'm an american i'm a this i'm a okay i'm a new yorker okay that's that's the first thing that, that you know you take the the boy out of the city you cannot take the city out of the boy can't be done cannot be done and so i to a certain degree i i I get it. I don't like it, but the inevitability of it is something that I am aware of, always have been aware of, and have over you know my lifetime seen take place in other parts. But now it's happening to something that's just really personal to me. That's the way it goes, unfortunately. You know, I wish it yeah. didn't. I wish the. Uh, the money aspect, which is what is what this is really about, and sure. the real shame is, is that Mitzi Kamada doesn't own the building next door anymore. She owned the building right next door. If she were still living there and owned that building, she would have just told them to go fuck themselves. Mitzi Kamada did not. She was a Buddhist too, and this is a lady that did not take shit. Did not take shit. Trust me, I say that from personal experience. Okay, Jason was. Well, that's a whole other thing. But she, you know, if she was still there, okay, this wouldn't happen. I, at least I don't think it would have, you know, which is probably why they had to wait 
until she was gone and some of the other people had, you know, weren't there anymore so they could pull this off. But, uh, you know, I can't imagine how much money they, uh, you know, they offered to get these buildings. I mean, they're, they're classic buildings. These are classic New York structures. And it's, uh, it's, a, little, it's a little sad for me. So I'm going to get you out of here with uh, a song by an old friend of mine from the neighborhood. His song was on the uh, jukebox there for years when it was still the CD jukebox before they went to those, you know, the, uh, the satellite. digital internet. Yeah, yeah the satellite yeah. jukeboxes. But, you know, with the CD one was Ron Sunshine, the smoking section. He's a neighborhood guy. He's a very old dear friend of mine. I played a bazillion songs of his on mm. the show, and uh, and I liked them all. And this is from his uh, very first CD called uh, Pick It Up. It's a uh, song we're going to get out of here with is Mr. Right Now. So 86 in the books, my brother. Yeah, 86 man. in the books. Once again, I, you know, I bow down, man. I have a little shrine with, with incense and chimes. I go, num, 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 get a little picture of you in there and shit. Wearing the granny glasses. You're adorable. Wearing the granny glasses. That's right. As <laughs> always, though, glasses. for myself and Lost George's Gramps Master Flash, it is aloha and peace. Good night, Mom. Shows all over when you smile
You're listening to SoFloRadio.com.